the N, the S, the T, the E, the R, the S, the F, the U, the N, the K, the Y, the S, the E, the V, the E, the N, the S. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Fenster's Funky Sevens. My name is Fenster. The idea behind this podcast is that I am a record collector and I have a large collection of 7-inch singles. So each episode I take 7 of those 7 inches and arrange them into some sort of theme or genre. And the theme to this episode is the drum and bass scene in the 1990s in Dublin in Ireland. This episode is a companion to episode 15 where I gave an overview of the history of drum and bass. In this one I'm going to talk about my personal journey through hardcore jungle and drum and bass in Dublin, Ireland and the gigs, clubs and events I experienced. Covering about 10 years from 1992 to 2002. Please remember I'm an old man trying to remember events a quarter of a century ago. So if I don't talk about your favourite DJ, I'm sorry. If I get a detail wrong, I'm sorry. If I miss out on a tune you loved, I'm sorry. If the club or night that is burned into your memory isn't mentioned, I'm sorry. And I'd just like to say, last man on earth. It's last man on earth. I know it's last man on earth. There are two documentaries on YouTube you can check out about this subject, and I've taken some clips from both of them. They are Underestimated, History of Drum and Bass, and Ireland's Jungle. And I've previously made podcasts about the early 90s punk scene and the 90s techno scene in Dublin. So you might like to check those out. So let's get started. As I talked about in Fenster's Funky 7's episode 4, I was a teenage punk in the early 90s. And beyond what turned up in the charts and on the radio, didn't pay much attention to dance music, but even still the sound of hardcore in 91-92 was pretty unavoidable. A friend had a compilation tape called Maximum Rave which we used to listen to a lot. It had all the big rave hits of the day on it like Urban Hype, Trip to Trumpton. Sesame Treat by the Smarties. And the Prodigies, everybody's in the place. But two tunes I remember that particularly stood out to me were Messiah, Temple of Dreams.
and Urban Shakedown Some Justice. This is the 7 inch mix. My first encounter with Jungle was from a very bizarre and unexpected place. My father is from a small rural town in the west of Ireland called Claremorris. It's a pretty conservative place where not a lot happens outside farming, GAA and 12 pints of Guinness after mass on a Sunday afternoon and then a drive home. 
While I was visiting my grandparents, I used to go to teenage discos in the town hall and later a nightclub called Eyecatchers. The music policy at these places was pretty standard rock and pop hits of the day. I remember the Saw Doctors N17 was always a favourite. But one weekend I was down in Mayo, I think it was Easter 1993, and there was an event called the Rave in the Cave in the town hall. So I was intrigued and went along to see a DJ from London, I think, called Bubble B. And he played two hours of underground hardcore and rave tunes to a crowd of bemused colchies. I had a slight understanding of the sound he was playing, but didn't recognize one tune. Then he got on the mic and announced he was going to play a set for all the Jungle Techno fans. It sounded a lot like the previous set, but faster. I really enjoyed the music that night, even though I hadn't a clue what it was. This was the first time I'd even heard the term jungle. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this could well be the first jungle set ever played in Ireland. So salute to DJ Bubble B, you're a pioneer. When the internet arrived a few years later, I tried looking him up and I've done so a few times over the years but have found nothing so bubble b if you happen to hear this please get in touch i was still at college at this time and didn't have much spare cash but a cd i bought in 1994 was groove riders hard step selection hard step was a short-lived genre that seemed to only exist in 1994 i guess it was a tougher more electronic style of jungle less soul funk or reggae samples joe's or type which sounds like the loading music from a Commodore 64 game, is a good example. Another excellent CD released in 1994 was Fantasia Takes You Into the Jungle, which was a triple pack of mixes from Groove Rider, LTJ Bookham and DJ Rap. Groove Rider starts his set with T-Power's incredible Lip Sing Jam Ring. Shaman, 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 
Welcome set is made up of about 50% Fotech tunes, credited to Fotech, Studio Pressure, and his collaboration with Jim from Source Direct. This is Release the Bells by Sounds of Life. DJ Rap went heavy on her own productions, including the lush but tough Spiritual Aura by Engineers Without Fears.
1995, I saw a CD with a phrase I hadn't heard since the rave in the cave. Jungle Techno 8 on Jumping and Pumping. I don't know what was on Jungle Techno's volume 1 to 7, but I spent the summer of 1995 writing up my thesis and bouncing along to Oh Gosh by Undercover Agent. <laughs> and getting sucked into the reverse vocals of DJSS Rollage. My enjoyment of Jungle was a pretty solitary pursuit at this point. My friends were into punk or indie music or other rock, and the ones who liked dance music listened mostly to techno, as I talked about in Fenster's Funky 7's episode 10. But one night in early 1996, I was at Fusion, and after a set of techno, resident DJ Derek F., who was working in Comet Records at the time, played Paradox's new statement as a last tune. The dance floor quickly cleared, but I stood and let the complex chopped amines, booming bass and atmospheric samples from 2001 A Space Odyssey wash over me. It was absolutely incredible. My mind was going. I could feel it. From that moment on and until this day, I was a junglist. There is no question about it. My mind is going. I can feel it. My mind is going. I can feel it. My mind is going. 
went to Comet the next week and I bought New Statement on 12 inch. I bought every piece of jungle I could find. Looking at my discogs, I bought about 100 jungle 12 inches in 1996. I also bought my first set of decks, second hand from Gage from Genesis. They were a pair of BST belt drives and a cam made to fade mixer. Gomet was good for jungle and Freebird would have some stuff in too. Tower would carry the big releases, but the Mecca in Dublin for the hardcore junglist soldiers was Outlaw Records. It started out selling hardcore somewhere in Temple Bar, but I knew it when it was on Abbey Street. I was in every Friday after I got paid. There was always a big stack of fresh tunes to listen through. I saw Chemistry and Storm DJ in there one evening. The place was an absolute heaven on earth. I was very sad when it closed a few years later, so much so that I pulled a bit of the sign off the shop front one night when I was pissed in town. I still have it in my parents' attic a quarter of a century later. So shout out to Neil and Chris from Outlaw. I hope you weren't looking for that. You dream of heaven. Two tunes I picked up in Outlaw in 1996 that I still love to this day are the text stepping You Talking To Me from The Advocate.
and the gorgeous and atmospheric roller Crystal Blue by Skycutter and Kiki Mojo. This one came out on a 10 inch.
One thing I loved about Jungle was how fresh and exciting it was. Punk was more or less 15 years old when I got into it. Techno and House had been around for a decade, but Jungle and Drum and Bass were brand new. It was developing right in front of my eyes. Buying records, learning to DJ, going to gigs, you felt that you were participating in a movement and you were helping to build it. I could feel the energy pulsing from every single record I bought. Thankfully I wasn't the only person in Dublin who felt like that and in 1996 the scene was starting to grow legs. One significant event was Goldie Presents Metalheads in the Point Depot on Sunday the 5th of May 1996. This was part of the first Heineken Green Energy Festival and that weekend I'd already seen The Mad Professor in the Olympia on Thursday and Orbital and Carl Cox on Friday in the Point. The Metalheads gig wasn't very well attended. There was maybe a thousand people there in a 5,000 capacity venue. But the music was great with sets from Goldie and Chemistry and Storm and, um, and maybe you can help this old man out and tell me who else. But even though it wasn't full, there was 999 more people there who were interested in Jungle than I knew about before that. Don't fire tonight. Goldie had got a lot of attention the year before when he had released his debut album Timeless and later in the summer he would put out one of the most important albums that defined the transition from jungle to drum and bass, the compilation album from his Metalheads label, Platinum Breaks. As a teaser, there was a cover mount tape with May's issue of Music Magazine. On there, there was this tune, Urban Style Music by Lemon D. Was Lemon D in the point that night? Maybe. Come on, please help me out. I'm old. The club that was hugely important in the development of the drum and bass scene in Dublin was Quadraphonic, run by Donald Scannell and Brian Spollen. They put on their first night on St. Patrick's weekend in March 1996. The DJ that night was Pesce, whose vocal tune was one of the standout tracks on the forthcoming Logical Progression compilation from LTJ Bookham's Good Looking Records, another record that oversaw the transition from jungle to drum and bass.
The venue for Quadraphonic was the kitchen nightclub in the basement of U2's Clarence Hotel. It was a small 300 capacity swankily decorated room with a literal moat around the dance floor. It had opened to much fanfare in 1994 but had struggled to define itself in the first couple of years. All the usual razzmatazz of an opening night in what has become Dublin's trendiest area, Temple Bar. The club is in what was the kitchen of the Clarence Hotel, hence the name. There are two bars to quench even the greatest thirst of Dublin's late-night clubbers. Seating in cubicles and restaurant-like layouts. And to work up that thirst, the obligatory dance floor and state-of-the-art disco equipment. That state-of-the-art disco equipment was a sound system that was perfect for drum and bass. I don't think I've ever been in a club with better sound. It was loud, clear, warm when it needed to be, crisp when that was required. And the bass swooped down over the crowd from a wall that appeared to be a giant speaker. I know Quadraphonic had nights in other venues and I know the kitchen had other club nights, but I never went to Quadraphonic if it wasn't in the kitchen and I never went to the kitchen if it wasn't Quadraphonic. Watch out people I started going in the summer of 1996 and to my shame, I don't remember who the first DJ I saw there was, but basically I saw everybody. Fabio, Groove Rider, Crust, Ronnie Size, Andy C, Adam F, Chemistry and Storm, Randall, LTJ Bookham, Doc Scott, and my favorite producer and DJ, now and then, DJ Zinc. The crowd was always electric at Quadraphonic, and the energy on the dance floor was sensational. I think a lot of people were, like me, very grateful to finally be able to enjoy the music they loved in the proper setting. One perfect moment was when DJ Hype was playing. He mixed out of one tune with the very recognizable drums of Nasty Habits' Shadowboxing remix, a tune I love, but very quickly mixed in the Aphrodite bootleg of Blackstreet's No Diggity. No Diggity was still pretty fresh at this time, not played to death as it is now. As I recognized the piano from No Diggity, I realized that the vocals were going to come in right as the monstrous Shadowboxing baseline dropped. Me and the rest of the dance floor lost our absolute fucking minds. DJ Hype always looked very serious when he was DJing, but he wasn't afraid of getting silly on the decks.
On the opening night of the kitchen, Bono said this about the type of crowd that he hoped to attract to his new club. Who are you hoping will come to the club? People who would be cool enough to leave me alone, you know what I mean? One night in the kitchen at a DJ hype gig, I'm not sure if it was the same one, I was enjoying the tunes and I noticed beside me a short gentleman with slicked back black hair and wraparound shades. My dance partner was struggling to catch a rhythm to his step, as we all did before we figured out the skippy bounce that best suits jungle. I wasn't cool enough to leave him alone and thought I'd offer some advice. You wanna loosen up your knees, Bono, I said. Quick as a flash, he turned around. You wanna loosen up your brain. With all the quite right accusations of God complexes and inflated egos, tax evasion and general poxiness, I'll always keep a modicum of respect for the night I got pwned by Bono. Quadraphonic started a record label. The first release was by Cork's Bass Odyssey and the tune Twilight fit in very nicely with the LTJ Bookham style ambient drum and bass. More downbeat tune from their second release, Remote Control Soul with MC Strict, ended up on the soundtrack of a Hollywood movie, 1999's Deep Blue Sea. It's my mission that I'm on this why every time I grab the mic I drop the bomb and in my rhymes you will detect in between the slang traces of intellect but from that don't suspect that I'm here to teach or to preach I'm all about getting the vibe going when I speak and I'm taking you higher than the peaks that be in the ball it's 199 and I'm still walking tall there was a few times that I thought I might fall and lose it all but I got myself together and I reaffirm my grip so now you better believe that I always come equipped I never slip I always keep my balance I rose to the occasion and I took up the challenge now tell me can you imagine a world where freedom is a threat and sex isn't wet and even better yet you take caution just before you step in the darkness of my
Quadraphonic also had the privilege of putting out drum and bass Uber Dawn Calibre's first ever release on vinyl. This is Loose Dragon theme. Sometime in 1997, everybody was thrown sideways when Doc Scott's Unofficial Ghost, a tune from the Platinum Breaks album, started appearing on our TV regularly in an ad for Ritz Cider. Quadraphonic had nothing to do with this, but they were savvy enough to contact Ritz and get the Quadraphonic logo printed on a million beer mats, so everybody thought that they did. <laughs> Donald Scannell to pick a tune that summed up the quadraphonic era. He went with Cyclone's Melt, which was released on Metalheads in 1997.
Drummond Bass was back in the Point Depot in August 1998 for Ronnie Size playing with James Brown. On paper this seems like a perfect pairing, after all Ronnie had used James Brown's cold sweat drum break. On the big hit from his 1997 Mercury Prize winning album, Ronnie Size Presents Represents New Forms. This is Brown Paper Bag. But in reality it turned out to be a pretty bizarre evening as James Brown's show wasn't an explosion of innovative funk that it had been in the 1970s. James, wearing a sequined covered emerald green bolero suit, so he looked like a bejeweled leprechaun, was in his mid-60s at this stage and needed frequent breaks during the show. So it was more like a cabaret. We'd get... And then there'd be a stand-up comedy routine from James's announcer. Then we'd have. After that, one of the backing singers would sing an aria from an opera, and then we'd have. Next, the actor who played Captain Sisko's son on Deep Space Nine came out and did a magic routine that was so incompetent that he had to be dragged off the stage before the end. I have to say the whole thing was amazing. And to top it off, after that, Ronnie Sides DJed. Brilliant. Ronnie started a set with one of his own classics, It's Jazzy. Happy, 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 happy,
Another big day out for drum and bass was the End Arena at the Homelands 1999. This festival was held in the Mosny holiday camp in September and was a great meeting of the dance music tribes. The End Arena was indoors and big shout out to the sound engineer that day because the music sounded absolutely pristine. On the bill was DJ Die, Hype, Andy C, Optical and a Ronnie Size project from a few years previous that had gained popularity in the wake of New Forms, Breakbeat Era. Underneath the moon The doom of the forces meet action Cause I don't care what car they drive My ministry's the men who need to play Also sets from Ronnie himself, the natural born chillers, quadraphonics resident DJ Razor, and as I mentioned earlier, my favorite producer of all time, DJ Zinc. <laughs> that night Zinc treated us to two of my favorite tracks of his, Bad Break. Man, what's going on? Lee, that was a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I especially like that part where the, where the drum came in with a bad break.
and he also played a dub plate of his soon to be huge Casino Royale. Producers who kept it musical and funky were very important to me at this time because in the late 90s drum and bass had taken a very dark and moody turn. Tunes basically just came in two varieties, angry and aggressive Amen Bosch Fests. mechanoid two-step marching music. Both of those tunes are from Zinc's thankfully short-lived dark alias Zenith. Batman. The leaders of the dark sound were without doubt the no U-turn crew of Nico, Ed Rush, DJ Trace and later on Optical. This is Mad Different Medits from But when the iconic bass line from Bad Company's The Nine 
hoovered through the drum and bass scene in 1998, the dark sound really took off. And it's not that Bad Company or No U-Term were bad, they made excellent records. It was the hundreds and hundreds of imitators they inspired that was the problem. I found myself going to the record shop, buying tunes that I didn't really like out of habit, giving them half a listen when I got home, putting them on a shelf and then never thinking about them again. It was becoming very draining when every tune sounded like this. started to DJ out at this time, available to play jungle to uninterested and sometimes even a grumpy techno heads, anytime, any place. I DJed many after parties and session gaffes with the deck set up by the sink in the kitchen. I played the empty back room of a pub at 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I played in a sandstorm on Dolly Mount Beach. I played in a forest in Wicklow, a church hall in Wicklow, a creche in Wicklow, a bedroom in South Fork. I played the Purple Onion, a secret club only accessible by a trapdoor in the floor of a Cajun restaurant. But the highlight of my early DJ career was being asked by DJ Flavor J, who you can still catch regularly on Fever, that's with a PH FM, to headline Drogheda's first ever, and possibly only ever, drum and bass night horizon. It was a fun night. I had the film of Hellraiser playing behind me on a big screen. I was playing Adam F's brand new funk, and as the tune got to this part, The music and visuals synced up perfectly with a scene where Pinhead and some Cenobites emerged menacingly from the shadows. One enhanced member of the crowd who had been dancing happily had a complete freak out and had to sit down to compose themselves. This is Brand New Funk by Adam F.
In the late 90s, the internet started to become a part of people's lives, and while researching this podcast, I happened upon the beautifully preserved aircom.net homepage of the Lex Crew from about the year 2000, I think, complete with guestbook that nobody signed, an upcoming tab with 
we'll update this soon that never got updated classic early internet lex crew were djs kenny and kivo who promoted nights in dublin bringing over some big name djs like johnny l LSD and Undercover Agent. They also ran a regular club night, Urban Breaks. I apologize, lads, I never made it to one of your nights. Here's Kenny talking about DJing the last night of the Funnel Club on August the 28th, 1999 with Brazil's DJ Marky. I talked about the Funnel in Fenster's Funky Sevens episode 10, the Dublin Techno episode. We did the first gig from there, for first gig for basement there, Kenny Keeve on Marky, it was June 1998. 1999, absolutely insanity you know like a uh, wall-to-wall packed you know just sweat absolute madness you know a website that became extremely important to the jungleists of ireland was irishdrumandbass.com started by beckett and skeletor in 1999 the forum of this site attracted people from all over ireland and beyond you had code in limerick source jet lee and d sully in cork wigwig judge dread and drumology in belfast Ernie in Galway, Skinny and Covert in Dundalk, B in Drogheda, and many other lonely D&B heads in outposts all over Ireland. It became an essential website to promote club nights, discuss tunes, learn the history of the music, share production and DJ tips, share mixes, although in those days before broadband this usually meant physically posting someone a tape or a CD. It wasn't until SoundCloud launched in 2007 that hosting a DJ mix became viable for most people. We shared movie and book and TV recommendations. We got into pointless arguments. We talked shite. We had a laugh and we whiled away the work day doing anything but work. All the things we take for granted on social media these days, except it was a brand new experience back then. Beckett is still actively involved in underground music and runs rudimentary records. This is meditation dub from Phono One. Quadraphonic was the spark that lit the flame for drum and bass in Ireland. Bass spin was a raging bonfire, equal to anything you've seen on Halloween or the 11th of July. I say this not to diminish Quadraphonic in any way. It was a great club in a great venue playing excellent music and they provided people with countless dance floor memories. But what bass spin did was build the entire infrastructure to create a self-sustaining underground drum and bass scene in Ireland. At their height they had a studio space to make the tunes, record labels to release them, a record shop to sell them, a crew of DJs to play them, a dedicated club space that they managed themselves to play them in, 
men and a large devoted crowd to dance to them. It was beautiful. Tick, 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 tick. The nucleus of Bay Spin was the trio of Rohan, Nafta and Don Roscoe. Their first club night was Spring Heel Jack in the Mean Fiddler on September the 13th, 1996. I went to their second night in October, Digo from 4 Hero with Nafta on support. The music was brilliant and the DJing was great, but to be honest, I thought the night fell a bit flat. The main room of the Mean Fiddler, now called Opium Live, was this big echoey cube-shaped space. Very hard to get a good atmosphere going in. The night had little of the energy of quadraphonic. Digo started his set that night with Friday Night Order from his Tech 9 alias, which left a few people scratching their heads going, I thought this was supposed to be jungle. Spin were more concerned about modern drum and bass and less with established names. In the late 90s they brought over DJs like Ed Rush, Optical, Marky and Fotech, who's a much better producer than a DJ, in venues like the Mean Fiddler, Funnel and Temple Bar Music Centre. But Bassbin wasn't really about big name guest DJs. They felt that they had more than enough talent at home, as NAFTA explains. We always wanted to try and keep a focus on local DJs as much as possible, but so we needed to we knew we needed to have some kind of continuity, which is something a lot of Dublin nights never had because we were so enthralled to the UK club, the club scene to a great extent. A lot of uh, various points consisted of just big name nights, you know, imported from abroad. And um, we both recognised that we, we wanted to do not, but to take the focus away from that over time if we could and bring more onto locals doing their thing, their own version of it. So it was really a matter of trying to work towards that from following the, the usual path of getting over guest DJs with occasional lights and then get it down to a local regular weekly night hopefully sometime but that took a few that took three four years to do between the monthly nights starting off in the midfielder and then eventually switch which is sort of the high point of that with the regular night there every week. Rohan and Nafta's plan came to fruition in the year 2000 when Rohan took over the running of a club space in Temple Bar formerly called the Mission and he renamed it as Switch. They renovated it, updated the sound system and started hosting a weekly Friday night called Refuge. The techno label D1 had Saturdays. Kenny explains why this was different. When Rohan came up here and took over, he turned it into Switch, right? So basically, down the, down the stairs, we used to go in. Uh, I said, I remember the open line, I remember standing on money, AAA, and the open line, two of us just standing downstairs, looking at each other going, fuck, this is hardcore. And it was, you know what I mean? Had all the cargo nets, D1's cargo nets up at the ceiling, all posters of all the venue around. It was instead of just being a promoter in the venue, it was like ours, do you know what I mean? Rowan was the boss, it was ours, like, you know. They could walk up to the door, 
queues down the street just walk up like in Indigo you know what I mean mm. and it was big queues like for this place the focus at Switch was on local DJ talent and there was about a dozen residents. Switch was incredible. I went there two or three times a month. I never looked at lineups. Always knew it was going to be great. Every DJ was different. They all had their own distinct sound. As I walked down the stairs to the basement club, I could make a good guess about who was on the decks as I was leaving my jacket in the cloakroom. If it was dark, moody and percussive, it was probably NAFTA. Maybe he had dug into his collection and pulled out Dark Crystal by DJ Crystal. If it was more driving with a touch of menace, Rohan was on the decks. This is Warhead by Crust. More rolling beats with a hip-hop attitude, good chance it's Kenny and Kivo playing. This is Square Off by Mask. Rhythm Square Off is on, the down, the down, the down, the down, the down, the rhythm Square Off is on, 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 on. Square Off. More musical with melodic elements, it might be Genie. This is P-Funk, Serious Sounds. Big rhythmic tension building drums and dark atmospherics, I'd go for Don Roscoe. This is Amit Eraser. Thank <laughs> you. 
if the Total Science remix of Dub Plate by What's My Code is playing, well that could be anyone, it was a huge tune in Refuge, but your best bet was Stax. Stax also did a lot of the graphic design for the club and label and gave Basebin a very distinct visual style. Sadly Stax is no longer around, RIP Stax. <laughs> DJs what to play, you see? Play back that tape there for me, yes, sir. And of course, if you were listening to Skippy Jungle, everybody knew it was AAA. The atmosphere in Refuge on Fridays in Switch was incredible. Friendly and warm, chaotic and energetic, brimming with positivity. It was easily the best club in Ireland at the time, arguably the best of all time. People arrived for the first time wary of how it was going to work out with this jungle stuff. And at the end of the night, they were fully card carrying converts to the cult of Basebin. I remember several nights where I thought to myself, bouncing around on the dance floor, listening to this vital music and surrounded by my tribe of fellow bouncers. No one in the entire world is having a better time than us right now. I, I, lo I love all types of dance music, but when I, if you go to techno night, it's like, dance like this all night and you get really concentrate and it's real serious like but you go to you go to switch, you walk in the door and everyone's just throwing themselves around the place, everyone's smiling. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's fun. The focus in Refuge was on local talent, but occasional guests were made very welcome. DJ executive Steve, who you can still catch Egshite Nakernini every Wednesday on Radio Naliffi, remembers a night dancing to DJ Sov of Bristol's Full Cycle Crew. Sov was playing his own tune Parklands. As the drums faded out, Steve was propelled skyward. He continued upwards, breaking free of the gravitational pull of the earth. He soared in the ether gazed upon celestial wonder, orbited distant planets that glittered in the dark, encountered intergalactic beings with wisdom far beyond the comprehension of mere humans. 
When he eventually came back to earth, his one thought was, I have to own this tune. When he finally got his own copy of Parkland a few years later, he was very surprised to learn his entire cosmic journey took place in the space of one 30 second breakdown. <laughs> Another amazing guest DJ was Alpha Omega and MCMG on the mic. All demons must leave the area. This is strictly for the bona fide. This is Jazz Step by Alpha Omega. Basebin didn't need to import MCs, they had two resident MCs who had very different styles but worked surprisingly well together. There was MC Wuzza who had a paced methodological style. And Criminal K who was all about the energy. A 
great example of the synergy these two MCs shared happened one night when Manchester's Marcus Intellect was playing. R.I.P. Marcus. The tune was the J Magic remix of Spaced Invaders by Hatiras. The original was a Daft Punk style filter disco type thing with a long build up. Wuzza took us by the hand through the breakdown, increasing the tension with his rhymes as the track progressed. And when the beat dropped again, Criminal K took over with a burst of hyperactive chat. I obviously can't recreate that moment, you'll just have to use your imagination and believe me, it was magical. <laughs> Based Invader was a part of a number of drum and bass tunes that went overground and into the pop charts in the early 2000s. Stuff like Uncut's Midnight, Shy Effects and T Power's Shake Your Body, Koshin's Hide You, and Andy C and Shimon's Body Rock. The one and only time I went to Fabric in London, Andy C debuted Body Rock. It got rewound seven times. It wasn't all a bed of roses. One time I was down at Refuge early and Zero Tolerance was playing the opening set. I had no idea what tune it was, but it had a submarine style ping in it. 
whatever frequency it was, whatever place I was standing in relation to the speakers, I don't know. But I felt a crunch in my left ear and there's been a slight ringing in it ever since. Don't worry, Zero T, I don't blame you. Look after your hearing, kids. Bass Bin Records started in the year 2000 and the production talents of Zero Tolerance featured heavily across the early releases. With his collaboration with NAFTA, New Dawn becoming a favourite of the Switch dance floor. After a few releases, the label started to get noticed internationally, particularly when it put out So Vain by London-based producer Breakage in 2003.
Irish producers also began to be recognised on a global level. Zero Tolerance and Beta 2's Busy Time on Total Science's Advanced Records was a monster tune, and both producers have gone on to have a long careers in drum and bass. By 2003, Bassbin had three labels in operation. The first release on Breaking, to explore more musical styles, was Far Above from Equinox. Without a doubt, the most memorable tune from the early years came out on Looney Tunes, a sub-label set up to show off Bassbin's more playful side. This is Flyest Gangster by Accident Emergency featuring Game Boy, aka Kenny, Kivo and Don Roscoe, released in 2004. <laughs> Gangster. Think you better watch your back, it's so cold Think you may shine, so act like you don't know Girls in heat for brothers that got dough We the flyest gangster What you don't got is my natural glow Counting out stacks and macking out pros Pushing big whips and packing our clothes We the flyest gangster Think you better watch your back, it's so cold Think you may shine, so act like you don't know Girls in heat for brothers that Got dope. We the flyest gangster, 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 gang
Kingston. January 2002, I was about to head off traveling to Asia and Australia and wanted one more night of jungle madness before I left. As we approached Switch, we were met by Rohan outside the club. Due to a dispute with the venue owners, refuge would no longer be taking place there. I don't know the details of that dispute, but at a guess, I'm going to say it was over money and misguided notions of who was responsible for success. There was no jungle that night, and as I went on my travels, Rohan re-established a new home for Basebin in the Metropolitan Hotel and took the labels onto further success in the mid-2000s. The club and label just celebrated its 25th birthday with a series of gigs in both Ireland and the UK. But I feel the end of the Switch era is a good place for us to wrap up the podcast. I'll leave you with NAFTA's Sound Clash Part 1 from his long-time burning album released in 2007.
Thank you for making it through to the end of episode 16 of Fenster's Funky Sevens. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, please do. Tell me all about your own jungle memories of the 1990s. Did you go to Quadraphonic? Did you go to Bassbin? What tunes did I leave out? What DJs should I have mentioned? Let me know. You can email me, fensterdj at gmail.com. You can find me at fensterdj on Twitter, Instagram or Blue Sky. That's all for this episode. Take care and bye bye. Especially in the early days when we were playing drum bass, everyone, no one liked drum bass. Everyone's just like, that's the dirt of dance music. You know, techno and house was. We can understand that because there's a couldn't understand drum bass, whatever. There was there was that, but yeah, you know, that was that was quite funny. We were looked on as the the, the dirty cousin of dance music. <laughs>